Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are we doing today? I'm feeling well, Matt. We're going to be uh, in between periods of Game 3, so let's get this moving. Let's do it. So today we are breaking down the teams in the Central Division. We're doing teams 5 through 8. So that is Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, Chicago. So we're going to start at the bottom and move our way up. So we're starting with Chicago. And how this works is we're going to give each team a grade as to what happened in their season, talk about their trades, their signings, team play, that kind of stuff, and then give them a grade as to how their season went. So we're going to get this kicked off. So up first is Chicago. So Kyle, why don't you get us started with Chicago, and then I'll take over from there. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Chicago did pretty much what I expected them to. I mean, they ended up bottom of the league. They were not very good. Uh, But I don't think, like I said, my expectations for them was not very high. Um, Individually, player-wise, I mean, when Max Domi's your leading point getter at 49 points, uh, yeah, that's not very good. But again, that's where they expected to be. Um, It's a shame because two years ago, they kind of were like, let's go for it. You know, they went out and got flurry. They signed or traded for Seth Jones and gave him this massive contract that a lot of people are still scratching their heads about. But um, yeah, I mean, from top to bottom, they just had a terrible season. But again, kind of what they wanted and they ended up getting what they wanted at the end because we'll be talking about that later on. I'm not really going to get into that right now, but winning the lottery and getting a marquee player is going to change their franchise forever, but we're talking about last season. So, um, I mean, being a minus 97 goal differential is embarrassing. I mean, I don't care who you have. That's just unacceptable. Uh, but yeah, realistically, Max Domi being your top goal scorer and Seth Jones being a minus 38 is... It's just unacceptable. So, um, but realistically, they did what, like I said, they did what we expected. Uh, Luke Richardson is his first year as a head coach. I honestly didn't think he did a very bad job there. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, I mean, he had nothing to work with. Um, but I'll let you, I know you wanted to talk about some of their trades and stuff. So, I'll let you talk about that. But realistically, goaltending's terrible. Everything about the Blackhawks are terrible, so a lot of work ahead of them. Um, but they also had a pretty good, uh, some pretty good trades. So I'll let you hit on that, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that I agree. I mean, this was a very bad team, but that's what they wanted. So in some ways, not in some ways, in the way of this, they got what they wanted. They wanted a team to be bad, and they were. And obviously worked out. They got the first overall pick. And yeah, we'll talk about that later. I don't want to go on that tangent right now. But looking at some of the moves they made, I mean, they're forced into a spot with Kane where there was one team and that was it. And they still got a second and fourth. I think that was a good return for him. I really do. The Jake McCabe trade was a good one. They got a, a couple good pieces out of that. I think Joey Anderson's one of those. He's, you know, at this point he's 26. I don't know that. No, sorry. He is 25. He's a 98. 
I don't know that he's somebody that's going to make it in the NHL at this point. He may not, but he's somebody I really love watching. And I think hopefully he'll get a legitimate shot next year with them. And hopefully he can produce and, and be more than what he's been so far. Um, I like that. I also, I mean, they got a second and a fourth for one and a half years of Zaitsev. I think that's a good pickup, especially because Zaitsev is not this like minor league guy who's making $5 million. Like he's still a solid defenseman and he's making way too much money. Sure. But it's not like he's somebody, he's probably making two to two and a half million dollars too much, which is what to me is intriguing about that. Cause they could do what Arizona did with Shingasa spare this year with him, keep him, play him a lot and then move him for something else. And I think that that's you know a good pickup. You get you get assets with him, and then you trade him for more assets. And all you have to do is pay. Like that's a good trade off. So I really like their trades. I mean, the Domi trade was was a good trade. I don't like the two year out stuff. Like that was the the downfall of the McCabe trade. Is that first rounder is not for two years? Which in some sense actually may have worked out better for Chicago because in two years Toronto could be in the bottom of the league again. We really don't know. And especially depending on what they want to do as far as how they want to try and build this team and what they decide to do with that. So that could end up working out for them. But the Domi trade, that, that second that they – or sorry, the third that they got for that. What's it? Shoot, was it a third or a second? For Domi? Yeah. Uh, second. It was a second. Okay. Yeah. I don't have that, that part written down. Yeah. But that was downfall. Like, okay, you're two, you're two years out. But for Chicago, it don't matter. I get mm-hmm. They have so many picks, and that's the thing looking at. They have two first-rounders this year. They have four second-rounders. They have two third-rounders. They have a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. Like That's a lot of picks. They have two picks in round one next year, two picks in round two, two picks in round three, two picks in 2025 first round, two picks in 2025 second rounder, like two picks in 2025 fourth-rounder. Picks and picks and picks and picks and picks. And they're not done yet. So that's something that like I really like what they did. I don't think that they moved the needle amazingly with any of the trades because they really didn't have anything to trade to get you that huge asset back. So, and then I also look at like their signings. I think obviously bringing in Domi was a, was a great deal because you brought him in, then you traded him and get a good return. They just re-signed Anthony Sia, which we talked about on Thursday. And they're going to keep him around, but he's going to, you know another person that they signed as a free agent. A couple of those guys, I think that I would have liked to have seen them sign a couple more free agents that they could have traded at the deadline. But at the, overall, I still think they did what they wanted. And then again, they just they sucked, but that was the goal. So I gave them a B plus rating because I really think that with the expectations of we are trying to win that first overall pick. We are trying to not be good. They got that. And they hit and they, they have a bunch of picks and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I ended with them with, with their picks. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you said about them. Um, the Patrick Kane trade, I know a lot of people knocked it when it happened. But again, I he wanted to go to New York and that was it. And New York knew that. So, honestly, the value they got for him really wasn't that bad. Um, just a couple second-round second pick, fourth-round pick, and just a couple pieces. So, like, I didn't hate that. Plus, um, 
I don't think uh, like Kane. It's not like he went to New York and just killed it for him, and he was gone anyway. So Chicago got something for him in return, which I always respect. Um, so yeah, I ended up, I gave them a C plus, just because on ice. I mean, it was when it comes to just hockey, like it was an F. Like they played terrible. They were one of the worst teams. Like if you watch them, people just cycled all over all over them. Uh, but management, in my opinion, brought their grade up a couple. So, yeah, I'm give them a C plus. And they're, I mean, obviously, they're gonna have Connor Bedard next year, and it's great. It, 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 that's gonna change everything for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll keep it moving here. We're gonna head on to Arizona. So I'll take this one first. So. Looking at them, I mean, they have a similar thing with when I looked at their signings. They like they brought back um, Nick Bukestad was one of their guys that they had signed, and other than that, they really didn't have a whole lot of signings. It was really my a couple minor league things, a couple extensions, that kind of stuff. I mean, they brought Kershaw in, which they traded, but they re- they didn't really trade him for much anyway, so it really doesn't matter. So. Again, same thing with them. I felt like they could have brought in a couple more free agents that they could have then flipped for prospects and and or picks that they didn't do. But again, I'd rather see a team not spend money than spend money and spend than use the money and spend it in the wrong way. That's my opinion on that. So I really don't I don't think that's a huge hit on them. So and then like I love a couple of trades they made. I mean, acquiring a second with go a second and a seventh with Ghost and then trading with Gossip Spare. And then trading him for a third round pick. Like that's great asset management. Using your cap space to acquire a piece, playing him, using him well, and then trading him for more pieces. Huge. I like that they brought in um, Patrick Nemeth, another like cap dump situation. Another, they brought picks back in with him. He's there next year. I have a feeling he'll get traded at the deadline for more picks. So another one of those kind of moves. Um, and then they, you know, they brought in a third round pick for half of Patrick Kane's salary. I think that was another another really good pickup. So I like a lot of the moves they made. I mean, they flipped Bukestad for a third round pick for crying out loud. Like that's awesome asset management. Awesome asset management. So I really think they did really well with the signings and stuff like that. Um, they're going to get another really good player at the number six overall, especially in this really deep draft. So I'm excited to see who they end up picking and that kind of stuff. And the team play was, you know, what what you expected. I think that in some sense they got exactly what they needed out of that where like Clayton I'm sorry, yeah, no Clayton Keller. Yeah, Clayton Keller played really well. Like he really had a good year and he was second to McDavid in points post I think it was the Christmas break or I think it was Christmas break. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm pretty sure it was Christmas break. So he put up a ton of points this year and really had a good year, which I don't think they're going to trade him, but I think if he decides that he doesn't want to be there and they need to trade him, his value is super high. So they're going to get pieces for him if they decide to go that way. I think they kind of um, – so, yeah, kind of going back on on the team play for a quick second, going away from that for a second. I forgot about Chikrin. That one I didn't love. I didn't love the return for him. Unfortunately, I think the expectations were so much higher than they should have been because of how long it took to trade him. I don't mind the package that they got back because, quite frankly, they drafted him 16th overall. 
and then they acquire the 12th pick, 12th overall pick. So in some sense, plus the second and the uh, two second, two seconds. So like in some sense they got more, but I then they paid for him. But I also really feel like they could have gotten more that they didn't, but they took the best deal that was out there. You got to believe that. So if that's all that was on the table, hey, at least they got him out and they moved on from the situation and everything else. So that was kind of my thing. So that's where I'm at with this team. I think that it really was a good year overall for them. And as much as it sucks to suck, and they were bad this year again, I think that this is going to be the year where they kind of finish the selling off and the process of that. And now they're going to start moving in the right direction. I think they're this coming year, they're going to not be very good again. And I think some of it depends on if Keller is okay with staying. And then they also got to figure out what they're doing with Schmaltz because both of them, they could trade for a lot of assets, but I think they should keep them because I think after next year, Logan Cooley's going to be coming in. They're, they have a couple other prospects that are coming in. Whoever they pick six overall will more than likely be in. This year, I'm sure that um, uh, Gunther, I'm sure Gunther's playing this full season. So it would be another season under his belt. So I think they're right there. I think they're right around the corner from being on the way up. So, which is why to me, I gave him an A minus rating because I really think that overall this was a good year for him. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, um, if they were, let's just say this exact roster, everything about it was in Nashville, we'll just say, like a city, a fan base, everything is cleaned up. I think this team would have a lot of free agents wanting to go there. Mm. I love this team. I really do. I think it's such a shame. I mean, I'm not going to get into that because I don't know enough about the business side and stuff. I'm not to even comment, but it's really a shame because um, I, I would love, like if I was a player, I would do anything to play on this team because if you watch them all season long, they played so hard. They made every shift difficult for every team. I mean, the players that are out on the ice don't even hit the minimum cap. Like, that's ridiculous. So the effort that's given... For all the players in the lineup, like hats off to them because they have to deal with the crap that's going on in their ownership group, the management. But like I said, not really here to talk about that, but it's just a shame because I really, really, really like what the Coyotes are building. And if you could name Clayton Kelly your captain and make sure he stays and keep him around forever, I mean, that's a building block that not many other teams have. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love watching him play. I love um, I love his like work ethic and everything he does. And I feel like every year he gets better and better and better. But, um, yeah, so I, it's just a shame that they have to deal with that. And in my opinion, they found their goaltender. Like I said, they're probably going to trade him because, unfortunately, there's just other issues. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, I really think Vilmeca is one of the best goalies in, in the NHL. Like, realistic, like I'm being honest when I say that. Like, if you watch him play, I really think he's one, he could be one of the more steady goalies in the game with a solid team in front of him, with good coaching, good management, everything. I really think he would be one of the best goalies in the league. But um, 
has such a tough team and like such tough situation in front of him. So it's a shame. But realistically, I liked how he grew his game this year. I really do like this team a lot. And I know I'm talking them up and, you know, I'm talking up this whole uh, 28, 40, and 14 team. Like you would mm-hmm. think they'd be fighting for a playoff spot. But um, just if you took the time to watch them at all this year, you would realize how much fun they really were to watch. And it's a shame that uh, they have a very good coach in Andre Tierney who just won't – He. It just it sucks. It really sucks because I just want them to take that next step, but I just don't know if they have the management to be able to do it. Um, but one player I really enjoyed watching this year when I did get the chance to see them was Barrett Payton. Mm-hmm. I love the way his game grew this year. I mean, he had 19 goals, 24 assists, 43 points. It's not anything to be like in 82 games played. It's not like it's anything that's like excellent, but it's a stepping stone. Still a young kid, a lot of growing to do. Really liked his game. Um, when it comes to the trades and everything, I completely agree with everything you said. There's really nothing more to touch on there. They just do so many asset ads and we'll take this cap if you give us this pick and all this stuff. So um, not really much to talk about that. I gave him a B plus. I think we're pretty much both on the same page. I really thought they had a pretty good season. And with the expectations, I think they over-exceeded their expectations. And like I said, I just wish this roster had a chance somewhere else because I do really like um, I really like a lot of players on this team, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz. I mean, defensively, they'd have a lot of work to do, but Yusuf Alnaki's definitely, in my opinion, a building block. Mm-hmm. Um Again, it's just a shame because a lot of these guys just won't have a chance to take that next step. And it's a shame that an NHL franchise is holding them back from taking that next step. Um, But try to ignore all that. Hopefully they figure all that out. And once they do, honestly, look out. Because I really think once that's all figured out, this team's going to be like two years away from competing. In my opinion, legit competing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that that's holding it back, but maybe they'll figure it out sooner than later and we can get the Coyotes or the Houston or the Kansas City or whatever they're going to be into the playoffs again. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about this team. There's a lot to to look at and say, yeah, there's a lot to build around there. And looking at, you know, Clayton Keller and, and I agree, Val Mackey is somebody that I, I think couldn't find his feet in Calgary and unfortunately they needed to move him and it just, unfortunately they got nothing for him because he's a waiver claim, but I think he's somebody that's very underrated and a very good defenseman. So, yeah, and I agree. I think in another market it's completely different circumstances, but this is where they're at and that's unfortunately just kind of what's what's going on. And so... I agree. I think that they're only a couple of years away. I mean, you look at their top six in, I mean, three years. You have Keller, Schmaltz, Barrett Hayton, and then you have Cooley, Connor Geeky, and Gunther. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not counting any of the other. That's not counting who they're picking this year. Like, there's, you know, you all still have Boston Krause, stuff like that. 
to me, I think that this is this is a very good team, mm-hmm. and that in two three years could be extremely dangerous if they make the right moves and if they can keep if they can keep Keller if they can keep Schmaltz or even if they move Schmaltz but they move him and get back good pieces like a younger version of Schmaltz I'd be okay with that too because that's the thing like I just look at it and you don't want to have a team that's all a bunch of 19 year olds but at the same rate I think there is some pieces that they could build around and some older guys that they may have to approach a free agency but I really think there's a lot here that they can build around, and they've done a very good job of, of doing that. Well, that's what I mean. If they imagine if they had the management set with this core, like this team, this current team right now, not even counting Cooley, not even counting. Well, I'll count Gunther because he's played a little bit last year, and uh, not and whoever they pick this year, like not even counting them. But just imagine adding like just you know two or well. Again, see, they traded Chickering. Chickering should not have been traded. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I get why. But in a normal franchise, like I said, if this roster was in Nashville and ownership and everything was like that, Chickering would not have wanted to leave. He was t- like, mm-hmm. that's the only reason he was gone. So like, you'd still have Chickering uh, to build around. Him and Val Mackey together to build with would have been great. It's just a shame. Because I, I just really do think that this team, they, they have potential to add some free agents around them and become a playoff team instantly. But it is what it is. And um, yeah, it just sucks. But overall, like I said, on the ice though, if you watch the game, they were not easy to play against. So something to hold their head up high with and hopefully, uh, hopefully they can fix that other stuff. I just I couldn't imagine being a player in the locker room, mm-hmm. and you know you play hard, you play hard, you play hard, and then you find out you acquired Shea Weber, like for like that's the stuff you hear. You're just like, can you just give me someone else? Like, yep. you know, you're watching all these other teams trade for players, and like you're just losing guys, and then having to replace them with just it's just it it has to be pretty frustrating. So. Um, yeah, it is what it is, but I, overall, like I said, I, I'm really high on this roster, and it just sucks to see management holding them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and just the the ownership and arena and stuff like that, and it's just it's a shame. It really is a shame. All right, moving on, we are headed to the St. Louis Blues. So, Kyle, you start us off with this one. What do you got? Um, very disappointed. Very disappointed. Uh, before the season started, me and you were playing disc golf, and you said, who do you think is the best team in the West? And I said St. Louis. <laughs> and they completely made me just, I was just very disappointed in this team. I had very high hopes for them. Just so many players just had such a bad season. Mm-hmm. So many players. Um, I mean, Jordan Cairo was their leading point getter with 73 points, 37 goals, 36 assists. Great season. Do you know what his plus minus was? Negative 38. That is 
unreal. Mm -hmm. That is terrible. I mean, the minuses on this team, I, I'm just going to read off a list. I mean, Jordan Kyrou, minus 38. Braden Chen, minus 27. Tori Krug, minus 26. Tarasenko, when he was there, minus 18. Colton Pareko, minus 19. Ryan O'Reilly, in the 40 games he played with St. Louis, minus 24. It's just unacceptable. It's just, it's unbelievable, really. Um, and then, but at the same time, on the other side, I look at other players, and I, um, Cal, Cal Rosen, 49 games played, plus 19. Yeah. How? Mm -hmm. uh, Pavel Buchnevich, uh, 63 games played, 26 goals, 41 assists, plus 14. Like, we're, it's, it's unbelievable how certain guys can overachieve, because I would expect Buchnevich to have those points and be a minus 15. Mm -hmm. The way he plays, but good for him for being that. Um, Robert Thomas, you know, 18 goals. It's a little low in my eyes. I had higher expectations for him. 47 assists, 65 points. It's a good season, but still not enough in my eyes. So many guys just underachieving. Tory Krug, I mean, I love Tory Krug, but unfortunately when that contract was signed, I was like, eh, it's a little much. Uh, because they lost Petrangelo and was like, oh, Tory Cruz going to come in and, you know, replace Petrangelo. Well, he's not Petrangelo. He's just, mm -hmm. he's a solid power play guy. Um, but anyway, very, very, very disappointed in the St. Louis Blues. I just think all around, just, just probably going to be one of my worst grades of this whole uh, experiment we do. I mean, their goal differential minus 38, terrible. Just mm -hmm. for a team that, in my eyes, and I don't think I was alone in it. Like, I don't think, I think I had higher expectations than a lot of people did, but they were a playoff team in everybody's eyes. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can say they were not going to be in the playoffs. And to not even be close, 37 wins, 38 losses, 7 overtime losses. Like, you only got this, like, it, it's just unbelievable. It's just terrible, terrible, terrible season. I mean, I gave them a D minus. Hmm. Um, I just think just literally it's just terrible season for the Blues um, it, you know trade wise you know you ended up having to sell at the deadline I mean the Blues should not be a selling team it's it, to me it's just unacceptable um, you know trading Tarasenko got good value in return for him but still I don't even care you know what? I don't even want to go over the trades honestly I'm like hmm. that, I'm so upset with the Blues this year I just I was so disappointed in their season. Um, I mean, Bennington. I like I know how much you love Jordan Bennington, but so sorry when I tell him tell you that he sucks. <laughs> uh, it's just such a bad season. Everything, just everyone. Like I literally look at the team and go, nobody had a season that. Like I went player by player, not one of them. I went, you know what? That's an A-plus season for you. Not one player. Everybody was off. So um, I, I'll let you give your opinion on the Blues, but I, I just I can't talk any worse about them. I just think they were the most disappointing team in the, of the season. Mm -hmm. I would completely agree with that. I wasn't as bullish on them at the beginning of the season as far as 
being a top team in the West at the beginning of the year, but I was certainly, this was a playoff team to me. This is certainly a team that's going to make the playoffs and they're going to challenge for a cup because the way that they're built makes sense. And this is a team that has a lot of the guys on it that won the cup there and they're missing some people and stuff like that. And I know that, but it was definitely a team that should have been the playoffs and them missing playoffs this year was a horrible mistake. It was just egregious, really. They should have been in it all day long, all day long. And so to miss is just not good. So, um, so I looked at so their signings. I was one thing like I'll give them credit for. They really didn't spend any money, and they had a couple minor transactions that they did, but nothing big. That was good. I like to see, as I said before, I like to see a team that's not going to spend money on dumb things. But then looking at you know team play, I mean you went over all the numbers, and one thing I looked, I was looking so. Kairou had 23 power play points out of his 73, which means he should have been a plus 50. He's a negative 38, which means he's on the ring for 88 goals against. Uh, goals again. Goals against, sorry. In 79 games. That means he was on the rink for a goal against per game. That is outrageous. Outrageous. So... That can't happen. That and I, some of that is definitely on Cairo for sure, because I'm sure that there was goals that were his fault. But I mean, to me, you have an 896, an 894, a 364, and a 331. Those are your goalie stats. That's that. That's just not. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And it's not even not good. It's horrible. It's horrible. Those cannot be your your goalie's stats. On a team that has this good of, of of a team, like it just can't, it can't happen. And so, this is a team that they they got some stuff that they got to figure out. And I think that the biggest thing they need to do is they need to move on from Bennington. I don't think he's a starting goalie in the NHL. I know he won a cup and oh hurrah, but quite frankly, to, in my opinion, he may be he is in the in the top three worst goalies to ever win a cup as a starter. And I'm torn between him and Matt Murray are my two that I'm not sure which one I would put above the worst, which one's worse above the other one. He shouldn't have won a cup, but he did. He got hot at the right time, and he's proving he's not an NHL goalie. He's been doing that since they won the cup. He's been terrible. So they got to make a decision on him because that's he's just not it. He's not. And, you know, whatever. He's not my team, but... You got four more years of him at $6 million. Good luck. He's going to kill your team every year. And all of his shenanigans off the rink don't fly. Or on the rink, I should say, because he's the one, you know, throwing water bottles and throwing sticks and trying to take Kadri's face off. Like, that stuff is just completely unacceptable for an NHL goal. Like, this is your job. Be better. Like, so, obviously, you know, you you mentioned it. I don't care for him. I think he's a crap show. And he's just, he's not, if he was the best goalie in the league, he could act like this. But he's not. He's the worst goalie in the league. There's minor league goalies that are better than him. There's 18-year-olds who are better than him. He's horrible. And he is a complete disgrace to a goalie. And I will obviously go on record saying that I think he sucks. I think he fully sucks. But anyway... 
to get off of that, I mean, not to blame him for the entire season because he started some of the games, but Christ was in, or sorry, yeah, Christ was in for some of the other ones too. But whatever. Um, I like the fact that you pointed out about Buchnevich and Rosen being pluses. I mean, especially Rosen. I'm He's somebody that has bounced around a lot and had to be a plus 19 on this team. is like, how is that even like mathematically possible? So I think that was cool. Um, I gave them a C minus rating because I'm a little bit more generous. Um, and it's just looking at because of and and I have to take it and and break it down piece by piece. I think that unfortunately they're because they were so bad they end up having to move out Terrence Senko and they have to move out Barbashev and whom in Miles oh no Riley and then Nolachari. So, but because of the returns they got from them, pushed the grade up because they did get very good returns from them. So, with if they would have missed on those returns and gotten nothing back, they this would absolutely be an F to me. But they made the best out of a crappy situation and got solid returns for what they got. So, we'll see what happens moving forward. But yeah, this this is just this is a terrible team that just or this is a good team that just played terrible and now they're in a spot where. I don't know how you fix this team, quite frankly, because I don't think that Perenko and Krug should be making as much money as they're making because they're both so porous defensively, but the contracts are already signed, so that's where they are. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. It's just, I mean, I guess my grade's just worse because I am salty a little bit just because, like, I thought they were going to be very good. But, I mean, not really, though. That's my honest grade. Like, honestly, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's very frustrating. I was just, while you were talking, I was just quickly going through Jordan Bennington because I knew there was this crazy run of just terrible goaltending, which, I mean, I'm just going to read you. This is his month of April, um, or I'm sorry, month of March. These are the goals against in nine games he played in the month of March. All right. This is crazy to me. This is, this is a trend all year, but this is just the month of March. Three, five, two, three, five, four, two, six, three. Not one game did he have allow less than two goals. Yeah, in a whole month, not every time he stepped in that net, he allowed two or more goals, and only twice did he allow three or like. like I mean, it's just terrible. It's mm-hmm. just absolutely terrible. And he got pulled in one, two, two. He got pulled in two of them. It's just, and then to top it off, he's allowing all those goals. Causing fights, starting things—it's—it's it's just a joke. I agree. I, I'm, if he was winning games and trying to be a little hothead, trying to get a fire under the team, I'm all about trying to get some get your team fired up. That's mm-hmm. not what it is. It's all personal on him. He can't stand losing, and it's very frustrating because it's a very good team that just just it's hard to it's it's just hard to explain. I'm just very frustrated with them. And it's a shame. Hopefully, uh, I'm curious to see what they do this off season. But again, that's a that's for a later episode. We're talking about last year and just terrible, just <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Yep, absolutely. I half wonder if Ruby hasn't lost the room, but yeah. that's something that we'll discuss in our season preview. Yeah. No, I mean overall, like even him, like I think he had a bad season too. Like mm-hmm. I really do. I just think everybody from GM 
to coach to goalies to goalie coach to players, offense, defense, everybody. No, not one person had a good season in the organization, and it's definitely one that they're just gonna have to forget about and move on, mm-hmm. and learn some lessons. And yeah, I, I really, it, it's just very disappointing. I can't say that enough. Mm-hmm. Yep, Armstrong has his uh, has his work cut out for him. That's for sure. And there's no easy recovery from this, none. So, anyway, sorry, St. Louis fans, we uh, we love you, but your goalie sucks. So we're gonna move on to Nashville. So I'll take this one first. Uh, big Nashville guy over here. So I'll gladly talk about one of my favorite teams in the NHL because they have the best uniforms ever. Love their uniforms. Anyway, so I know that they didn't make the playoffs, and that was kind of disappointing. But there was a th- couple things that contributed to that. One of which was they didn't have Forsberg all year. He only played 50 games, which hurts you. And Yozy did not have a great a great season. Uh, he didn't. He also didn't play all of the games either. So that didn't help. Um, and they just didn't. They didn't score against. They just, I'm sorry. They didn't score enough at all. And I was looking through it, and they were. And goals against for the season, they were 12th in the NHL. So, which tells me they just couldn't score, which is oftentimes the national kind of what they do. And some of that is, you know, you have Johansson signed for too much money and then you can't replace him with a scorer and stuff like that. And, you know, no hate on Johansson. I think he's a good player, but he's just not, he's just not, that's not it. Um, And so, you know, they they have some stuff to, to work out, but. You know, looking at a couple of things, like I have their team play was not good this year, but they mostly because they didn't they didn't do well with scoring, and that was their big. I mean, and then waving Ely Tolvin in and losing him on waivers was a big loss because he's what they need a goal scorer, but they were justified because he was so bad when he was in Nashville this year, so bad, and so they had no choice; they had to do something with him and. They thought that they could sneak him through waivers, and I think most teams thought that. And then Seattle said, nope, we're going to take him, and he's doing very well there. So, unfortunately, that stuff happens, but it is what it is. So, I moved over to, you know, a couple signings they have. I mean, they signed Niederreiter and then moved him for a second-round pick, which was a good good move. You know, they, they bring him in, and then it's not looking good, and so they decide, oh, you know, we're going to move you. No big deal. They, got, they acquire a good pick for him. That kind of stuff. That that was really their only big. I mean, that was really only like signing that they spent a decent amount of money on. And actually, was what Granlin was last year, right? Signing. Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe. I'm pretty yeah, sure. No, that wasn't this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a four year contract. And so he's in the year that just ended was his third second year. So yeah. he has two more. Sorry, Pittsburgh. But yeah, and then looking at, I mean, they did great with their train with their trades. I mean, great. That Ekholm deal was a freaking steal. I mean, steal. So I love that trade. Um, I actually I love every trade they made this year. I think they won. The only exception is they may not have won the Luke Cunning trade, but I know that there was some stuff going on there as far as contracts and stuff like that. So. It's hard to say what exactly happened there, but I mean, getting Asplund for a seventh round pick, you trade Niederreiter. Sorry, I'm sorry. You trade, well, should I talk about that? But you trade him for 
for a second, which is a good return, and then you trade Granlin for the 46 overall, which I think is more about the other team than this team, but still, way to go. Because that was a great steal. And you also still have Barry, who, depending on what they want to do, they can flip him at this deadline and get even more back for Ekholm, which I think is huge for them. So, I'm sorry, Soros had another very good year. Um, I think he might be playing himself out of Nashville, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I love seeing him in a national uniform. I don't want to see him go anywhere, but it's also hard when you have Askarov in the pipeline. He's your starter. He's going to be your starter soon, and you need to understand that. So, overall, I gave him a B plus because I do think that as much as it was disappointing that they missed the playoffs, what they did and what they moved out and what they brought in more than offset the disappointment. And then, again, especially because some of the stuff was, was just out of their control. And then, you know, they fired their coach and stuff like that. So I think it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointing year, but it was definitely a year that there was a lot of growth and another step in the right direction. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, Listen, like, I know it was a disappointing season, but um, <laughs> we're watching Florida in the Stanley Cup final right now. You know how many points Nashville had? Same exact as Florida. Mm-hmm. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Um, with them being out west, it they they easily could have been in the playoffs, and like Florida showing, you never know. So I was actually kind of surprised by that. I didn't realize they had that many points. Um, yeah, I still really like this Nashville team. Um, I think they had a – it was a tough year. I mean, you expect them in the playoffs, so seeing them out really hurt. But I, I don't really see them going anywhere. Like, I think they're going to be around the 92-point mark again next season. Um, I agree with the trades. I mean, the Tanners should no trade. Mm-hmm. The value they got in that was – I mean – he has a lot of value in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people jumped on that. He's a valuable player. When he's fully healthy, he's a beast. So, and he's still on his entry level deal. Like, it's a good. But at the same time, they got Cal Foot, third round pick, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, second round pick, first round pick. Like, they got every single pick in the, in the draft. So, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was good value. And to top it off, like you said earlier about the. Uh, uh, I think it was the Jake McCabe trade that uh, Chicago did. They got the 2025 first round pick in that deal with Tampa. And, you know, Tampa doesn't look like they're going away now, but, you know, if this was their worst season in a couple of years, so maybe they're going downhill and that uh, 2025 pick will be, you know, in the teens. So that would be big for them. Um, yeah, I mean, and then the, the Grandin j- trade getting a second round pick one and two, not even having to retain a piece of salary is mm-hmm. massive mm-hmm. in my eyes. Um, that's great work from whoever did that trade, either Barry Trotz or uh, David Coyle, but we all know whose fault that trade really was. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Facts. Sorry, Shane. <laughs> Love these, you. These team reviews... We're attacking the Penguins a lot, and we haven't even gotten to them yet, so just wait till that happens. Um, yeah, I mean, goal differential, they're minus 13. It, it's not good. It's not bad. I mean, 
you need to be in the plus if you're gonna make the playoffs. I think that's pretty clear. But again, like you talked about the injuries and the things like you said that were kind of out of their control. Don't really hate that. Um, a couple players I wanted to talk about. Um, Cody Glass, his first like full season. I thought he played pretty well. I mean, 35 points, 14 goals, 21 assists. It's not great, but first full season in the NHL. I actually called a couple Nashville games where I'm like, yeah, he's kind of sticking out. He really works hard. Um, I feel like he's kind of like a coach's dream type of player. Like he, You don't really have to much to work with him. Like He kind of just does his business. So I really like this game. I like where he's going. He's a breakout player in my eyes next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Novak honestly like I noticed him in those games I watched I had no idea what his numbers ended up actually being which is very impressive because in 21-22 he played 27 games and had one goal and six assists and he was minus four this year in 51 games 17 goals 26 assists for 43 points and a plus five that's a mm-hmm. that's a growing kid right there. So that's awesome to see. Uh, I think that's someone to keep your eye out for next year too. Um, yeah, I, I I gave them a B minus, pretty close to you. Really, no reason uh, to say it's much worse in my eyes because, like I said, I, I think they're going to be there next year. And if you're hanging around the ninety-two point mark your bubble playoff team. Um, and I just don't see them going anywhere. Honestly, if, if anything, I think that's their their basement next year. I think they could um, easily take that next step because even uh, Matt Duchesne kind of had a down year for what he did the year prior. Mm-hmm. So if they can get him back to his uh, – um, you know his 40 goal season again like he had the year prior and I believe he had yeah 43 goals 43 assists I mean he dropped down 30 points from last year so if you can get that back next year that'd be massive for them because that contract's tough but it's there it's one of those things you signed it and it's there so you gotta um, just gotta accept it I do keep hearing UC Saros' name in trade rumors, which, again, that's, to me, that's a future one. But it mm-hmm. is interesting, though, because I feel like the value for him is going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, if Askarov turns out to be who we all think he's going to be, if you can get that much in return for UC Saros, go for it. Go mm-hmm. get it. Um, also, like I guess you gotta be careful though because you know you know what you have in Saros mm-hmm. or Askarov. We're still kind of. I mean, he played a lot in. Um, I want to draw a blank with their mind. Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I heard he had a pretty solid season down there. So, um, yeah, I, I'd be really interested to see what they get in return. But Nashville has a lot of. Um, a lot of skill, a lot of grit. They have like the perfect match, and I'm really excited to see what Brunette is going to bring to them next year. And I, like I said, I really think 92 is a low number for them. So I'll be really excited to see what they do next year. Oh, yeah. Get back to the playoffs and start winning, baby. 
I don't know that that's where they'll head, but I think I can be optimistic about that because I do think that they're they're a very good team, and and it'll be interesting to see what what Trotz is going to do as their GM. But so real quick, I want to give you some numbers. So Saros, sorry, I'm going to do Oscarov first. Oscarov played 48 games for in Milwaukee. He had a 2.69 save percentage. Sorry, goals against and a 9.11 save percentage. Which is to me is solid. Yeah, that's very solid. Um, especially his first year over here in North America, he played one game for Nashville and got ripped apart with a four fifteen goals against and a eight eight six save percentage. So Soros has not had a below nine fourteen save percentage since the first year he played one game with Nashville. And it was 870, 310. Wow. So since then, 923, 925, 915, 914, 927, 918, 919. 64 games, 67, 36, 40, 31, 26. He's played a lot of games. Has never averaged above a 270 is the highest goals against. That's some really good numbers. And he's only 28 years old. So, I think if they do decide to move him, I think that they are going to get a king's ransom for him, as they should. But that's also why, to me, I'm not sure that you move him. I think it depends on where you're at next season. I mean, you have a tough call to make on that. And I think they're going to try and maybe try and make that decision by July 1st when they can sign him to a contract extension. But... Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this national team next year. I think they're going to be good, and, and they're just going to be fun to watch, especially because I think uh, Joachim Kemmel will be on the team next year, and that kid is so much fun to watch. So he has the Alex Ovechkin type one-timer on that top slot, okay. and that is just so much fun to watch, especially because Nashville doesn't have a lot of scorers. So, And then also I would imagine that Reed Chafe will be pushing for the team too. So... It's going to be a fun year for sure. But, yeah. Anything else on the teams before we close out here? Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that's pr- I'm pretty set on that. Uh, got my s- frustrations out on the St. Louis Blues and, <laughs> and finished on a high note with a team that we both love. So, mm-hmm. go Preds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. This was our recap, sorry, our grading of the Central Division teams, five through eight. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for for contributing to this and just being a part of it. We love you all and we're very appreciative of what you guys do and giving us your time. We're going to try and get some t-shirts made here. So if you would like one, just hit us up and we'll get one made for you guys. So thank you very much. We appreciate all the support and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.